and everybody got it back again. Don't take no mess out the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrabble it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dive that's in your lap. Garden Report podcast. I am Sean Hyken, the author of the Rose Garden Report newsletter, which you can subscribe to on rosegardenreport.beehive.com for a free or a paid subscription. We are a little over 24 hours into the start of free agency, and I told you guys that my, not my guest here, Eric Garcia Gunderson, who you all know well and you all love, would be a frequent guest on the pod. He was on the first episode. He is back again after the first couple days of free agency. And Eric, how you doing? How you how you feeling? Are you recovering from just the insane, you know, first couple of days of just everything? I have a slop hangover that is intense right now. Like, I, like, and I also had a a, a normal hangover because, like, as soon as the Kevin Durant trade request dropped and we were sitting there like going in like for like hours i like i was like i even told my wife i was like you know what i normally don't drink at this time of day but i'm gonna have a drink right now because that is that is the insanity that kevin durant unleashed upon us last night or yesterday afternoon and then so many things have happened like i feel like i can't (laughs) even like get into it it's just like we just need to address like so much has happened so I think we should probably start. You you bring up Kevin Durant, and we're going to get to all the Blazers stuff, and there has been some Blazers stuff that's happened. But I think we need to start with how, and I wrote about this a little bit on the Rose Garden Report newsletter, but we need to start with how I spent my Thursday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I mean, I'll, I can, because I, I had a part to play in this you a little did, bit. You did. You were the one that actually, like, put this on my radar. Right. So I'm watching... After the the news breaks, I I I flip it to ESPN too because ESPN preempted their own free agency show that was supposed to happen at like four thirty Eastern four like four thirty Pacific time, and then they were like, no, we actually got to go now because Kevin Durant just requested a trade, so they went early. They call Stephen A. Smith on, and Stephen A. Smith looked like he had just underwent shoulder surgery, I think, <laughs> because he had a sling on. Like, like he had a sling on, like my man was playing hurt, definitely had some oxys in his system and says, I think Kevin Durant's in Portland right now and Mike James's camp, which a little internet sleuthing led us to know that Mike James had a camp this week at Grant High School, which you are an alum of. So I texted you immediately. Not only am I, am I an alum of Grant High School, class of 2008, same class as Mike James, by the way, we actually... We did not know each other really at all. I think we might have had like one or two classes together and like knew each other casually, but like I did, I did not know Mike well. But not only do am I an alum of Grant, I live within walking distance of Grant, and so you know, you send me that text, and I'm just like, you know what, I should probably go for a walk because I'm gonna be inside all night. You know, I had uh, plans to 
go to a comedy show last night that I decided not to go to for a few different reasons. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to be home staring at my phone, staring at Twitter all night once free agency opens. I should probably go for a walk and just like stretch my legs and get some fresh air and just see what what's going on around the high school. Just, you know, see if anybody filters in or out of the gym that might be notable. Right. So I go there. And this is actually kind of uh, funny. A mutual friend of ours who went to Grant also and was a year ahead of me also lives close and decided that that was a good opportunity for him to go take his dog on a walk. So (laughs) I actually get over there. Yeah, this is all just very, you know, we just coincidentally decide that this is not like the worst idea in the world to just go, you know, just it it just felt like let's just go hang out near a high school. Let's you know? just go hang out near high school and stake it out and see. You. Yeah, that's that's totally not weird at all. At no, all. not not weird at all for thirty something year old men to be hanging out in high school. But Kevin, it was it's free agency. Like it's free agency, and also Kevin Durant just blew up the entire league by requesting a trade out of Brooklyn. And so I get there. The door that's the entrance to the. Uh, the camp to the gymnasium is locked. So I figure, hmm, I wonder if Durant is there. And so then I hang out. Nobody really is, is, uh, you know, coming in or out. I decide to go, you know, at this point, we're like 15 minutes away from the start of free agency. I'm like, okay, there's, I'm not going to get anything out of this. I'm just going to, you know, go back home and get settled back in before everything actually starts. As I'm walking away, my, our mutual friend who had not gotten there yet, texts me and is like hey i see kd and mike james sitting in a lamborghini suv uh parked on the side of the of the street next to the school so i go back over there we meet up and sure enough there is a lamborghini suv which you do not really see a whole lot of lamborghinis in northeast port it's a pretty nice part of town but it's not like there's a there's a difference between like nice part of town and and lake oswego Right, exactly. Like like like, 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 you would see a Lamborghini SUV in Lake Oswego, as we, as my mom would say, "pan de cada día." That's bread that is baked every day. But you can't, like, in Northeast Portland, you're not seeing Lambo SUVs. That's the kind of car that basically only NBA players can afford in in a city like Portland. So we were just like, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And so then we think at that point that we have eyes on Durant. And then eventually Mike James and the person that he was with get out of the car. And it turned out that the person that he was with was not Kevin Durant. It just kind of looked like him and had the same facial hair and like wearing a hat that would make you think that maybe it was Durant. But once the guy, once the guy gets out of the car, it's clearly not him. Mm -hmm. And then maybe like 10 minutes later, first of all, this all happens like around 3 PM when everything starts. And so, our friend and I are just like looking at our phones, uh, like seeing all the deals come in in real time, just kind of reacting to them, just kind of talking about them, bouncing them off each other. This other dude pulls up who I guess is a, not somebody I'd ever met before, but somebody who's like a general assignment photographer for one of the local TV stations. He's not even a sports photographer, just like a GA guy that they basically called on a whim and we're like, Hey, we heard that Kevin Durant might be at this high school, uh, youth camp. Like let, let, can we, uh, get someone down there? 
So this dude pulls up. He comes out. He has like a giant TV camera and a microphone with like the mic flag for the station. So at that point, it's obvious to anybody who's walking by that we are media members who are there to cover this thing, Uh whatever it may be. Because you have been alerted via Stephen A. Smith that Kevin Durant is there. Yes. Which is like, we, like, it's not just like some random thing that people, like, like, Stephen A. Smith, maybe he was on oxys because he looked like he just <laughs> had shoulder surgery. So maybe I should have taken that into account. But, like, he said it on live television. On ESPN about, like, the most scrutinized player in the NBA right now whose current future whereabouts are the biggest story in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And so then this other, so some dude comes out. Of And I don't know who this guy was. I think he was probably like somebody's agent or somebody's handler or something. And he's like, he's wearing this giant chain, first of all, that makes me feel like, okay, this guy's probably somebody's agent or somebody like some, a, a close associate of somebody who's an NBA. A business partner, if you will. If you will, possibly, yes. And asks us like, hey, are you guys, you guys are here to cover the camp. Are you guys uh, looking for anybody? And this dude that's like the GA photographer says, hey, is Kevin Durant in there? And the dude just starts laughing and just, like, walks away. And then another dude comes over to us and is like, you guys thought Kevin Durant was here? And we were like, well, Stephen A. Smith said it on first, on, on TV. And the guy was like, no, he's not even in Portland. He was supposed to be there, but he had something come up. So he isn't even in Portland right now. He had he, the biggest understatement of the century. Something had- came up with a day job. <laughs> Something came up in his job, and he just like he just couldn't make it, you know. Like <laughs> he couldn't make it to one of his former teammates' basketball camp. He just he orchestrated the explosion of the biggest failure in the history of professional sports, maybe. <laughs> like, like he just had something come up in his day job. <laughs> that is so iconic. I love the NBA because it's like it is true. It's like it, it, like like he the, the, that man that you talk to isn't lying. Like no, he wasn't. And, something and then, did come up, <laughs> and then eventually, like you know, we hung around for a little bit, and then like one of the kids from the camp came out, and my friend asked him, "Hey, is Kevin Durant in there?" And the kid said, "No." So clearly, that guy, like I could have seen, maybe this guy just wanted to take the heat off and lying about KD being there and then try to sneak him out a back door. I did I did thought I think it was interesting that the door was locked, but then one of the kids came out and said that he wasn't there. So clearly he wasn't there. As a musical artist once said, listen to the kids, bro. And I believe the kids. <laughs> Kevin Durant was not in town. I, I, I believe that now, even though Stephen A. Smith had us believe it. Well the thing is when the guy said that he was supposed to be there and then wasn't like that at least makes sense. That's like Stephen A didn't just come up with that out of nowhere. Like he heard probably a few days ago, oh, KD has plans to go to this game or to go to this camp because KD did have plans to go to the camp. And then when the plans changed, I guess nobody told Stephen A or whoever Stephen A was talking to didn't get wind of it or whatever. He he had surgery. He had a sling on his arm. He was probably on a lot of pain meds. Like, replaying all of the events of yesterday, it makes sense that Stephen A was not really in his right mind. He's on vacation. He hasn't worked on first take at all this week. Replaying all of it, like, yes, I wanted to believe it, and yes, I heard him say that he was in Portland, but also, like, you replay it back, you see the state that he was in, and maybe it's like, okay, well, he probably wasn't all the way in the loop of to the minute 
what was happening. It was a worthwhile adventure. It was fu- it was a, it was a f- memorable place to be spending the start of free agency. That it was more so than if I was just staying at home looking at stuff on on my phone and on the computer and just reacting to stuff there. At least at least I kind of had a story of where I was when all of this went down. And also it's I mean having an excuse to go outside at this time of year in Oregon is, yes. is just you know you you just want that. <laughs> You 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 also want to have that excuse to just go out and get some sunshine, and I mean, also there was total reasons to believe that KD was actually here. He fucking went to Greece for a Euro League playoff game to support Mike James in Greece. Like it was like Monaco against Panathinaikos, and he was there. Him and Mike James are like good friends. And Nike is in is in the area. So it's like he could have been here on Nike stuff the same week that Mike James was having the camp. And Mike James was like, hey, could you do me a solid and come talk to these kids? And he was probably just like, sure, I'll come. That, that, that was probably how that went down. Right, exactly. And I'll do the double whammy of I will go to this camp and then also get my Nike meetings out of the way before the season starts. And check out the whatever the new KD is and all that stuff. Like, I I don't uh, like. I mean, KD is definitely the master of like having his cake and eating it too. And I guarantee you, like he was like, I'm gonna like do this for a reason. And so there was all the reason in the world for you to go there and for you to see if he was there. But then ultimately, he had some things come up. <laughs> So do we want to start there? You know what? You know what? This is a Blazers podcast, ostensibly. Mm-hmm. So let's do the Blazers stuff, and then we'll get into the KD stuff and the Rudy Gobert trade that happened today and, you know, the DeJounte Murray stuff and everything else that has gone on in the last 36 hours or, or however long. I'm so ready because there's a lot of soggy sock Blazer fans out there that are, like, naysaying this offseason. And I'm here to say, get your ass in the sun. So as far as the Blazers moves, we fully expected Anthony Simons to be back. That one was done pretty quickly. A little came in a little bit higher than we thought it was going to be. I had reported and heard that it was probably going to land around four years, 80. It ended up being four years, 100. There might be some incentives in there and they have a lower base salary. I've, I've asked. I haven't gotten an answer yet, but I think that's a possibility. Nurkic took a day but that contract came in right where we thought it was four years 70 again there could be some injury protections or a team option or something on the fourth year I again I've asked I haven't gotten any clarity on that yet I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case those two were just kind of formalities we knew that those two deals were going to get done pretty quickly and so they yeah. did. There's not really much to discuss there. I mean, the, the ant number, I think, is a little bit higher than people thought it was going to be. But also, you're getting a guy who had a breakout year and is going into his age 23 season. And there's plenty of reason to believe that he's probably going to get better from age 23 to age 27. And plus, the cap is going to go up in a couple of years once the new TV deal comes in. So... I wouldn't have an issue with that deal if I was a Blazer fan. That's it's it's a little more than we expected him to get, but it's fine. If you look at Jalen Brunson's numbers over the course of last season versus the numbers that Anthony Simons put up, granted on a tanking team, they're pretty comparable. 
And 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 Jalen Brunson has uh, a resume now of being the best guy on a playoff team that won a series because he was effectively the best player on the Mavericks when they beat the Jazz. But numbers wise, Simons is pretty comparable. So to get him for a hundred four million dollars less, effectively, but for, you know on the per year basis, you're paying a little bit more for Anthony Simons. I'm okay with that. He showed that he can have a higher volume role and not really lose his efficiency that much. And I think that that was a good move for them. Like, and also you keep him. A lot of people are intrigued by him. I think Simons is a guy that has, I don't know what the interest around him is around the league, but I would imagine that it like, him getting four one hundred from Portland and staying there, they didn't have him go chase out another offer. But I would be hard pressed to find any team that would be like, or, or or a lot of teams that would be like, no, we're good with with that deal. And I think it, there's a little sticker shock, and I think a little bit of CJ like PTSD of having that much money wrapped into your guards. But I just think with him being a restricted free agent and with him shooting at the the rate that he shoots and his ability to create his own shot, I don't think it's a bad deal at all. And also the fact that presumably next year he's going to be playing next to Dame again and Dame is going to take a lot of attention off of him. And so he's going to have even more open looks. Yeah. And he did great as like basically the main guy, six man. And I think in, I think everyone's looking at this Blazers team that Dame and Ant are going to start because of how much money they make. And and that's probably true, but I just think that they have a much more well-equipped supporting cast, even right now as it stands, like even without making any other moves, if, if it's just Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, Nasir Little, like those three guys, Justice Winslow, like those guys are the type of guys that you've always wanted not only because of their defensive prowess but like I think of a guy like Winslow like that dude was sold as like a point forward type of guy and we haven't even talked about Gary Payton too yet but like Justice Winslow as like a screen role like they have a lot of undersized wings but I feel like the undersized wings aren't undersized in the same way that their other wings were and I feel like they just have a, a lot better defenders around Dame right now than they did ever, really. I think that if you're going to build a backcourt around Dame and Ant, who are two undersized guys who aren't good defenders, everybody else in your rotation has to be good defenders. And they pretty much have that now. Because I'm looking at everybody else besides those two who's going to get major minutes. Justice Winslow, good defender. Jeremy Grant, good defender. Nurkic, in some situations, good defender. Certainly flawed, certainly limited, but good defender. I think you can. I think you can put him in that category. Josh Hart, good defender. Nasir Little, when he's healthy, has the tools to be a good defender. I guess that brings us to the biggest real move that the Blazers made outside of just re-signing their own guys in signing Gary Payton II from the Warriors for a three-year, $28 million deal, which broke late last night. You know, that him and Bruce Brown were the two kind of 
guys they were targeting, which both made a lot of sense and are both exactly the type of guys that Chauncey Billups and Joe Cronin have talked about wanting. And Not just the type of player that Joe Cronin and Chauncey Billups were looking for, but just fundamentally the type of player that this team has always lacked. Someone who is willing to be a screener that is also mobile and can make good decisions and make a three when they're left wide open. Like, Peyton is something that the Blazers have never had. And yes, he's six foot, you know, he's listed as six foot four, same thing as Bruce Brown. But we just watched a finals where Kavon Looney was the starting center for the Warriors at six seven. I think you are actually the person that I need to give credit to for this saying. Positions are bullshit. Positions are fake. Positions are fake. And and Gary Payton, too, functions effectively as a big man in the NBA game. And frankly, him realizing that is the reason why he's still in the NBA. And so... Bruce Brown was honestly my first choice because I didn't even think about Gary Payton too. But Gary Payton too, I think is a better defender. I think he has, he's shown that he can shoot the ball when he's left wide open and also got the same representation as Dame is, has those town roots with Dame his dad is somebody that has been a mentor and friend to Dame basically his entire career. Yes. Oakland legend. Oakland legend, Goodwin sports legend. Like this makes all the sense in the world. And also the dude went to Oregon state. Like he's already like, if you can live in Corvallis, you can absolutely live in Portland. <laughs> the Portland so, <laughs> trail beavers. Cause they just re-signed Drew Eubanks today also. Yes. Which, okay. You and I probably, I think differ on this one. Just for some context first, there was talk of a possible reunion with Robin Lopez at one point. That was something that the organization discussed. That was something that I think was a possibility. And you'll notice that uh, Robin Lopez signed a deal with the Cavs like two seconds after the Eubanks deal was announced. I think that was, it was going to be one or the other. Right. I, those two things were connected. I think it's it's safe to to assume. Like, we don't know for sure, but it seems like those were connected. And I think the other aspect of Eubanks that I think maybe has not been talked about as much is I think I think Eubanks has a lot of sweat equity with Chauncey. Chauncey really, really, really liked him with the... Since, you know, he had to play him a bunch of minutes, you know, towards the end of the season after... Uh, you know, they everybody got injured or they shut everybody down or however you want to call it. But Chauncey would rave about Drew Eubanks' work ethic, his athleticism, his, you know, how, how competitive he, like, he's somebody that, like, when you look at, you know, talking about guys that Chauncey and Joe have said they like, you know, we talked about, like, a Josh Hart type, a Justice Winslow type. I don't think Drew Eubanks is as good of a player as those guys. I don't think he's as skilled as those guys. But mentality wise he's exactly the kind of guy that they've prioritized since the new front office regime took over so bringing him back on a one-year minimum deal i would my if i if it were up to me if i were a gm i would have gone with lopez strictly for the vibes but i totally understand why they went this way and i don't think it's a bad move at all i think chauncey 
you know, being involved a little bit more also like, I mean, I mean, Eubanks on top of all the, the minutes that he played and the stats that he accumulated, you'll notice this maybe even more than I will, but every night when the Blazers had to send someone out to the galley to talk to us Mm -hmm. and, and discuss what happened that night, Eubanks was always the guy that they would put in front of us. And I think like that ability to like do other things and like being like, I just think all of the things kind of came together to make Eubanks the choice at that point. And also like, I think Lopez is just a lesser version of Nurkic. Whereas Eubanks is just a totally different player. And I think that they wanted to have a different profile for their backup center other than like the plotting big that protects the rim and can make a hook shot. You know, I, I just think, I think they wanted more rim runner younger. Like that's what this choice says to me. You mentioned earlier, you you're, t- I, you're totally right. I, I would have no issue with the Eubanks uh, signing. If I, if I was a fan, it's totally fine. I think he, there's a perfectly good case to make there. I want to go back to something you brought up a little bit earlier, though, when, and that's you know something else that's kind of still hanging over the offseason. You mentioned the connections between Gary Payton II and Dame, whether it be with Goodwin or Oakland or whatever else. There was a bunch of extensions last night for superstars that happened last night at 9 p.m., when everything, when that stuff opened up, you saw Devin Booker get a big extension in Phoenix. You saw uh, John Morant get a big extension with Memphis. You saw Nikola Jokic get a big extension with Denver. You saw Dev, uh, they said Devin Booker already. Uh, there was one, oh, Carl Towns. Carl mm-hmm. Towns got an extension with Minnesota, who then went out and traded for Rudy Gobert, which we'll get to after we get through all the Blazer stuff. I had kind of thought that now that Portland made the big move that Dame wanted them to make with bringing in Jeremy Grant, who is his boy and somebody that he wanted them to get at the deadline and somebody he played with in the Olympics. I had kind of thought that that would be enough to just get the, his extension done like now and just get that out of the way. It didn't happen last night. And there was a story today from Sam Amick at the athletic that was kind of just a, off-season free agency notebook type of situation that went into a bunch of Durant stuff and a bunch of Warriors stuff. And it talked a little bit about Dame's extension and how what the Blazers have done this off-season relates to that. I'm just going to read the relevant part because part of it is just going through all the moves that they've made and the Grant trade and the Shaden Sharp pick and bringing back Simons and Nurkic. But this is this is from Sam Amick. Uh while it has been widely assumed Lillard will accept the two-year extension offer worth more than $100 million that expected to come his way, sources say the Trailblazers still needed to have a strong offseason to persuade Lillard to sign on through the 2026-27 campaign when he'll be 36. The deadline here isn't until the start of the regular season, and I'm being told that this is not a sure thing just yet. And then it goes into... He's very happy with the Jeremy Grant trade because that's his friend and somebody he wanted. And, you know, he's he liked Anthony Simons and likes Nurkic and was happy they brought them back. And 
definitely likes Gary Payton because of the Oakland connection and because of the type of player that he is and the, you know, the need that he fills. So like the tone of the piece, obviously the part that is going to get aggregated shout out to the God, Brian Windhorse, by the way, today, just an incredible, what a day, what a day, what a day for Windy. Powerful performance by Windy. But, but the part that's going to get aggregated is, it's not a sure thing that Dame is going to sign the extension. Like that's the part that is going to get pulled out and is going to get, you know, ag put up on like the NBA central and whatever. And that's going to become the thing. But if you read the piece, it's very positive about what they've done so far as it relates to how Dame might receive it. And the assessment that Sam gives here, which I'm assuming is, from you know somebody connected with dame i don't want to speak for another reporter and say who their sources were but it's pretty clear that uh he's aware of what dame's people have been thinking and what uh you know where where their heads are at and he has been for a long time yes their assess you know their assessment of the offseason is kind of where mine is at which is so far this is a solid b or b plus offseason and I think if they got one more guy, that would just seal it and that would just get it to where Dame is totally just on board and is going to sign the extension. I think he's going to end up signing the extension regardless, but I think that if they had been able to get the deal done on draft night where they trade the seven pick and get back either like OG Ananobi or John Collins or somebody at that level, I think this would have been done at midnight last night like the Cat and Booker deals were. But I think now with that one possibility not going that way, I think Dame is more in the camp of, I'm going to sign it, but just get all this other stuff done first and then just let me make sure that everything is totally on the same page. And I think they'll get there before camp. Right. And I I just think it's also, it's just Dame being a superstar to me. Like, it's just him saying like, hey, like, I want more. I need more. And that's okay. Like, 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 that's what you want. Like superstars in the league are generally never satisfied. And I just think that him saying like, Hey, like this is good. This is a good place to be. I like the moves that we've made, but I would like a little bit more like, and, and to your point, they do need a little bit more. Like they're a good team right now. They are not an elite team. And our our friend Danny Morang had the good point that there was probably not one single move that would turn the Blazers from where they were at before the offseason to where they're at now that would turn them into a contender. But a lot of things have changed. And so I, I do think that Dame putting the pressure on and saying like, hey, we need a little bit more is is totally reasonable and also just like him exerting his influence which frankly he was never able to really do no because i think that the way that the front office was run before december it was just there was one person who was just going to decide what they were going to do and that was just going to be what happened dame at various points had tried to get them to trade for different guys or bring different guys in and if it wasn't lined up with what the general manager at the time wanted it was just never going to be a, a possibility and i think Dame, like it's very obvious that Dame has a lot more influence now than he did at that time. 
and he's using it. And I think he's right to use it because it's, it's not like Dame is using his influence to get them to like the, I think Dame. I, I'll, I'll say this. I think Dame has a better sense of which moves to push for that actually make sense for the team than some stars who have tried to use this sort of influence do. This is what I'm thinking right now when you say that. Is I'm thinking of the Kevin Durant rumor that he wants to go to Miami, but no, you can't trade Bam. You can't trade. And it's like, hey man, or or I don't want to go to Phoenix if they trade Macau Bridges to the Nets. Like you you don't get to just say like like you can't just do that. Do you remember when Kobe was going to get traded to the Bulls, but he vetoed it because they were going to include the wall dang in the trade? It's coming back to me now, and it's like, this is the type of shit where it's like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And this is one of the things about the Nets. I'm not even going to say it's about player empowerment. This is uniquely Nets. Is that they just said, like, we're going to do whatever the fuck you want, player. X in this case Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and they lost the plot and I just think that I I, I I think that Dame Dame understands that you need a team and I think that he does a good job of using his weight in a like precise and intentional matter like whereas like Durant like I don't know what, like, there's intention for him to be on a good team, but I don't really see, like, what, like, his direction is or his belief in what a team should be. I think with at least Dame, like, he's he's pushing in the right places for the right things for wing defenders, for people that can cover up his weaknesses. And I just think Durant is just like, I want the world, but I don't want to give up anything for it. I'll put it like this. Last offseason, when the Lakers were talking about a trade for Buddy Heald, who on paper makes a lot of sense for the type of player that they needed to put around LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they wouldn't have had to give up quite as much, and they would have had to, you know, been able to keep a couple of those other pieces or a couple of those draft picks or whatever. And then they ended up pivoting to Russell Westbrook because LeBron and Anthony Davis basically came in and said, no, we want Russ. And the organization basically was like, well, okay, our hands are tied now because LeBron told us that uh, he wants Russ. And so we just kind of have to do what LeBron says. And then they bring in Russ and everybody knew from the beginning that it was going to be a terrible fit. And it turned out to be a terrible fit with Dame. I feel like Dame has a better sense of like, Yes, Jeremy Grant is his buddy from the Olympics and they have a relationship and that's part of why he wanted him. But also Jeremy Grant, and I did it, by the way, if you haven't gone back and listened to it, you should listen to the episode I did with James Edwards who covered uh, Jeremy Grant in Detroit for a lot more insight on Jeremy Grant. But like, yes, Jeremy Grant is Dame's boy, but also he is the exact kind of player that Portland has needed for years and so for dame to use his influence to say hey this is the kind of guy that i want you to go get like i know he was very high on the idea of portland trading for aaron gordon at one point before he ended up getting traded to denver that would have been also like exactly the kind of guy that portland could have really used at that time and so i don't have an issue with dame not 
just accepting this extension offer at 1201 on the first day of free agency, because I, I also don't see this as a situation where, and I guess we can pivot a little bit to talking about some of the non-Blazer stuff. Cause I think we've said everything that there is to say at this point about the actual moves that they've made this off season. But I, I, I have one thing to say though, on top of what you just said, but finish okay. your point. And then I will no, 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 you go. No, 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 you go. Cause I have somewhere else I was going to go with this. Okay. Well, with regards to the Dame extension, you know, this is something that, uh, our uh, family members who are subscribers to Bulls versus Blazers might know after listening to the pod with the Chad was Damian Lillard not signing the extension until August makes him trade ineligible for the rest of the regular season. And one of the things that I think is important to note is that the Shaden Sharp pick was made for the franchise. It was not made in regards to Damian Lillard. And I think for Dame to also want to play the whole season out and not worry about anything else, he can sign that contract in August and he can't be traded until next off season. So there's also reason for Dame to wait on signing the contract is, is the last thing I wanted to say. That's yeah, that that's a that's a good point, and that's something that not a lot of people have brought up. And by the way, this is just a little housekeeping thing, but the Blazers officially announced today that they've signed Shade and Sharp to the contract after being the number seven pick, which they did now because they wanted him to be able to play a summer league in Vegas next week. But that also means that if just this is never gonna happen, obviously. But let's say that for whatever reason, Brooklyn is just super, super high on Shaden Sharp. And that's what they want as a centerpiece for a Kevin Durant trade. Again, not going to happen. But theoretically, if that were to be the case, Shaden Sharp now can't be traded for 30 days after he signed his contract. So there's that. But the point that I was making before, I was listening earlier today to, speaking of the God Wendy. I was listening to the Hoop Collective pod with him, uh, Bon Temps, and McMahon. And they were talking, and this was recorded last night. So this was recorded before Rudy Gobert was actually traded to Minnesota. But McMahon, who is very plugged in with the Jazz, was talking about how at some point the Jazz front office, although right now they're putting out the messaging that they aren't going to trade Donovan Mitchell, they are may they're making it clear that they don't really care whether Donovan Mitchell is happy with what they're doing or not. Like they did not hire Johnny Bryant, who was his preferred choice as a head coach. They hired Will Hardy from the Celtics. They traded away Royce O'Neal, who was his best, one of his best friends on the team. They didn't aren't bringing back Eric Pascal, Who's one of his like childhood best friends. Like, and the point that, McMahon was making there was that a lot of franchises would bend over backwards to try to, you know, appease a franchise star, knowing full well that that guy was probably going to eventually ask out anyway, kind of like what New Orleans did with uh, Anthony Davis. And, you know, I'm sure there's other, you know, what Houston did with James Harden, whatever else, like there's other, you know, examples of it. I've never gotten the sense from Dame that Dame is going to be the kind of guy 
or just with the way that he conducts business. This has never kind of been how he operates. I don't think that Dame is going to operate where if you don't give me exactly what I want, I'm out. And even if you do give me exactly what I want, I'm out. I think that Dame is looking at this offseason. I think that he likes what they've done so far. Even if they don't, even the you know, even though they didn't end up getting somebody at the level of an OG Ananobi or a John Collins, it's clear that they tried. And they still have a couple of other pieces, whether it be the Eric Bledsoe contract they can use to take back a bigger salary or one of those trade exceptions where like maybe they peel off Cam Johnson in uh, the Brooklyn Phoenix trade, if that's where Duran ends up getting traded to or, or whatever. Jer- Jer- I mean, one the, the guy that I'm looking at right now is Jared Vanderbilt. Ooh, that's like interesting. He, like he just got sent to Utah. If they trade Donovan Mitchell, they have no use for Jared Vanderbilt in their world. Like, I think maybe that expands into a three team deal where Portland takes him into a trade exception, like sends somebody a pick or something. His salary fits in the trade exception for the the Robert Covington trade. So it does. But the point, the point being that I think Dame realizes that the Blazers still have another move to make. I believe that Joe Cronin is still making every effort to make another move. And even if whoever, whatever player that they get isn't exactly who Dame wants, I think Dame is level-headed enough and smart enough about this stuff to be able to take a step back and look at it and say, well, they've done more this season to try to put pieces around me to win than the previous GM ever did because the previous GM was so married to never trading CJ or never making real upgrades that he was never going to really do anything meaningful. I think Dame would look at that stuff and say, okay, now you guys have done the best you can. I'm good. I'm going to sign this extension now. I think that's how it's going to go beforehand. They've done well. And I think that what Dame is doing by not signing the extension is not threatening, but he's just saying like, Hey, like we can do better. And it's just like, for the longest time, the Blazers franchise has been governed by, well, the market dictated this and that. And I think the biggest difference between Neil Olshay and Joe Cronin is that they are putting themselves out in the market as an obstacle. They're not just letting the market dictate everything that they do. And I think Dame is answering the call as an NBA superstar by saying we've done well. I like the word we've done, but like we got to keep, we need more. And I think with the nets, the Lakers, I mean, you look at the Celtics, I mean, the Celtics got better today. Uh, Golden state, the Clippers getting John wall. I mean, there the arms race never stops. And so like, I really do appreciate Dame just saying like, Hey, like, like we've done well, but like we need more. And I think to me, that's what this hesitation on the extension says to me and also him protecting himself down the line from potentially being traded. Like, because I do think there's a little bit of fear that like this shade and sharp shit is like the new wave. If it works out, right? 
So you, I, I kind of see where you're going with this. I think, are you worried here that it might be a situation where Blake Griffin re-signs with the Clippers on this five-year deal and they make this whole big deal about how he's going to retire a Clipper and then three months into his first season on this new deal, they just trade him totally without his knowledge or without him wanting it. Like, is that is that kind of what you think Dame is trying to protect himself against? I think so. I, I hadn't thought about that, but that's interesting. I, I think I think there's I think there's a little bit of that in the back of his mind because like it can't like it can't not be. He's a point guard in a league where yes, Steph Curry got to stay where he was, but. You look at the rest of the point guards around him, I think his personal conditioning and regimen is up there with the best of the best. But if you look at like, you know, the you know the long timeline of point guards at his age, like you could think to yourself, like, if you're if you're running a team, like maybe we should move off of that. And I think I think there's a, a probably a little bit of that there with Dame at this point. Because like Shaden Sharp, like he's the big upside play, and 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 I think Dame. I don't think there's anything to believe that Dame was like against it, but I also do think that like he is smart enough and knows the game enough to be like, yo, like what if I'm not the end all be all for this team? And I think Dame is more aware of that than probably any NBA superstar that exists today. Dame's preference, I feel pretty comfortable saying, would have been that they traded the pick for a veteran. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's against Shaden Sharp. I don't think he thinks it was a bad pick or doesn't think that Shaden Sharp is a good prospect or isn't going to be good. But given what his timeline is and what he wants the organization's priorities to be, I think his preference would have been if they had met Toronto's asking price for OG as high as it was or if they had ended up turning it into John Collins or somebody of that ilk, I think that's what would have been his first choice. I agree. And and, and here's the thing. The other aspect of this that I will say before we move on to the next thing is that Dame also, and I think he probably has the self-awareness to realize this. If Sharp is that guy, I do think Dame will realize what is in front of him. I I think one of the the, the big things about Dame's career that he grapples with a lot is the fact that LaMarcus didn't believe in him. And I think if Sharp starts to show that he is like a dude, I don't think Dame is going to leave like that. Because I I, I, I think Dame thinks about that and what Dame and LaMarcus could have been had they stayed together a lot. And I think the Sharp situation, there's there's a lot of potential parallels if Sharp is as good as the Blazers think he is. And we'll find out about that in a little bit. I mean, I'm going to Vegas. I, 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 less than a week from now, I will have seen him play a summer league game in Las Vegas which will be the first time anybody's actually seen him play a competitive game since high school because he didn't play at college. So moving off of Blazers stuff, obviously the Durant stuff kind of hangs over everything. I frankly don't really have a lot of interest in 
going over fake Kevin Durant trades or any of that. Cause I think he's ultimately going to end up in Phoenix. And I just think a lot of this is hand wringing about all that kind of stuff over nothing that when we kind of all know where it's going to go, what have you thought about just other, you know, whether you want to, I don't know where, where you can take this wherever you want. If you want to take this into the DeJounte Murray uh, trade with Atlanta and San Antonio, the Gobert trade. Are there any other signings that have caught your eye around? I mean, taking the Durant stuff out of it again, but okay. What so else? What else have you kind of noticed or thought of or thought was noteworthy? Golden State not signing anybody from their playoff rotation, like Bielitsa, Gary Payton two, and Otto Porter. The like. Five, the six, seven, eight, basically for their playoff rotation, just left. They did resign Kavon Looney. They did resign Kavon Looney. That is that is important. But but that that was a little confusing to me, and I was my my eyebrows were raised. Like that's that's definitely one where the champions don't bring back a bunch of role players. The other one is my squad now. I'm not going to bet on the Celtics to win the championship next year because 18 to one doesn't come around every so often, but my squad, the Boston Celtics getting Malcolm Brogdon for basically nothing, a 2023 first round pick in Daniel Tice and Neesmith and a bunch of guys that don't play. Like to me, that is like, they are, they've made themselves a lot better in the last day and golden state has gotten worse to me that's that's the number one thing off the top of my head has golden state brought anybody in outside besides white dante no they, they brought in white dante to replace gary Payton too basically but they haven't replaced bielitsa or Otto porter that is interesting. I, I also, I, I agree with you about the Celtics. I like the Brogdon uh, pickup for them. I was a little surprised that his value was that low, but I think the injury history is probably why that was. So I, uh, you know, they, they basically just gave up a late first round pick. That's not really any, you know, anything huge. So mm. it's, it, it's odds are it's going to be the 29th or 30th pick. Sure. Yeah. In the first round of next year. Like you're fine. Yeah, I I had no issue with that. I think that was a good a good pickup for them without really giving up very much. I have a, a kind of I guess this is going to be kind of an unpopular opinion from the Twitter group think about the big trade that happened today which was the Rudy Gobert Utah Minnesota trade. Cuz as soon as that trade happened, like obviously uh, Minnesota gave up four unprotected first round picks and all of Twitter just freaked out about like, how could you give up that many draft picks? Like, you don't know that those picks are like, didn't you just see what Brooklyn gave up for Harden and how that backfired on them? And, 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 and like, how could you give up that many picks? Like, okay, I get it. They did give up a lot. I, I don't think it was a no-brainer to do that, but I'm also kind of not mad at it. I feel like the Timberwolves, outside of the one Tibbs-Jimmy Butler year where they made the playoffs and then lost to Houston in the first round, the Timberwolves haven't been like relevant or respectable at all as an organization since 
2004. This 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 year when they made it through the play in and made the playoffs and you know had that series with Memphis in the first round where you can make an argument that they were the better team for a lot of that series and if not for some lapses they would have you know had a good chance of winning that series. Like they finally seem like and they have Anthony Edwards. They just spent a ton of money to bring in Tim Connolly to be their new president of basketball operations. They have a coach that they like and that they just hired recently, Chris Finch. It finally feels like they're trying to build something sustainable, new ownership with A-Rod and Mark Laurie there. I like that they're actually just saying, you know what? We have this nucleus. We have Carl Anthony Towns, who we just signed to a long-term extension. Let's just go for it. Let's get the best player that we can get to pair with Cat, a guy that, you know, in the front court makes a lot of sense to put next to Cat because, you know, they can cover for each other's... We, uh, w- Gobert has, you know, a lot of the same weaknesses offensively that Cat kind of covers up for. And, you know, Gobert can, co- you know, keep, you know, cover up some of Cat's uh, defensive weaknesses. It's a pairing, I think, that makes a lot of sense. And they just went for it. And they said, you know what? We were good for the first time in forever. We think that what we have is sustainable. If we have to give up a bunch of draft picks and try to take it to the next level and really try to be a top four seed and really make a run at this, let's just go for it. I was totally cool with it. I love the deal also. Like, I mean, I'm talking about this from the Blazers' perspective. Like, I would love to steal Jared Vanderbilt from the Jazz. But regardless of that, Anthony Edwards is a guy. And there's been a lot of, like, tweeting about, like, oh, you got – oh, yeah, the sourpuss energy from Rudy Gobert. You got to keep it away from Anthony Edwards. If anything, I think Anthony Edwards is going to give – just confidence to guys like Gobert, like, like, like who, who have been Rudy Gobert's teammates? They've all been a bunch of losers. Like it's been Gordon Hayward or Donovan Mitchell. Who's always bitching at him. And it's like, it's like, you know what? I'm sure it would be a fucking real like lift to Gobert to be with someone like Anthony Edwards, who really does not give a fuck about who is in front of him. And like, I think D'Angelo Russell is probably going to be on the move because of this, but I, I, a lot of teams have gone too bigs. And I mean, Cleveland is a team that comes to mind that played a, a ton of too big looks. And I think, I mean, cat is a great floor spacer and I think it can work. And I understand the skepticism about giving up the draft capital to get Gobert. But if you really think Anthony Edwards is that dude, which I think he is that dude. I do too. Then you don't, then that those picks are going to be in the twenties, bro. Like who gives a shit? You're given four top 20 picks or eight top 20 picks. If you're including the pick swaps, whatever, or six, I think it's six, right? Three and three, so something like, like that. It to me, it's a no-brainer. Like this dude protects the rim, doesn't need the rock, and you have a guard who is a better defender than any of the guys that Utah had, and he's also just not as much of like a a headache. And and you know what? You might reach a point where Anthony Edwards doesn't love playing with this group, but. You were going to reach that point regardless, I think, if you just stood pat 
and didn't do anything. So I, I like that. I like that move from, from Minnesota's perspective. And I also get it from Utah's perspective. They're just like, this team was fucked. They lost in six to a team that didn't have Luka Doncic. Like they were done. So I, I also get it from Utah's perspective as well to just move on. What do you think they do now? Do you think they move Donovan now and just completely blow it up? Or because there's been some rumors or some talk that maybe they go after DeAndre Ayton in some kind of a sign and trade situation and try to retool quickly. Woj tweeted after this trade that they were going to retool around Donovan Mitchell. I don't know how much of that is them putting that out there so that they get better offers for Donovan. But where, where do you, what do you think they do now? Do you think they try to stay competitive or do you think they just completely tear it down? The Utah Jazz of old, I would have said that I think they would try to stay competitive. I think with Danny Ainge being in charge, I think Mitchell's on the block. Because I was of the opinion that like, there's no package that you could give them for Donovan Mitchell that they would be down with. But looking at how much they got for Gobert, I mean, God knows what they could get for fucking Mitchell. Even if they don't get a lot for Mitchell, if you look at their whole packages on balance of what they got for those two stars, they got so much for Gobert that like on balance, even if they get kind of an underwhelming return for Mitchell, it'll still overall look good. If you get someone to come back, you know, whether it's RJ Barrett or uh, Tyler Hero, you take that. I mean, they they were screwed over from, from, from the jump. And uh, it just also was, uh, I mean, Donovan Mitchell has been soft pedaling, wanting to get out of Utah for a minute with the, with the, they don't, they don't really respond well to social justice. Like, which is something he said in an interview with Chris Haynes, by the way, on Yahoo. Right. Like he said that and like wanted to put that out there as like a, Hey, and I also think that, um, I mean, our third eye theory about double agent Dwayne Wade is also very valid at the moment, especially when you consider that they hired David Fisdale as an assistant general manager. Yeah. That, Kind of got my antennas up a little bit, just just a little bit that, that David Fisdale, who had been still kind of talked about as a possibility for one of these head coaching jobs and then wasn't kept around when the Lakers fired Vogel and brought in uh, Darvin Ham, even though he's LeBron's guy and you would think that Le- like LeBron would fight to keep him. But eh, I don't know. I thought I agree with you. I thought that the Fisdale part of this was kind of interesting. Uh, there's so much more to talk about. I mean, we, we can get into a lot of it. I think we'll we'll get into more of it down the line. We're already at like basically an hour. So I kind of want to wrap this up here now. But Eric, thanks a lot for doing this with me, at least after the first couple days of free agency. I think I will, I'll try to get one more pod in early next week before I leave. I leave for Vegas on Thursday. I want to get one more out before then and then obviously i'll have a lot of content from vegas i'll be there for four days i'll see the first two blazer games in person so i'll get eyes on shade sharp uh sharp versus ivy baby the, yeah the second the second coming of lillard versus austin rivers <laughs> man that was my first summer league that i covered in person and yeah that that was incredible and 
who is Lillard's co-MVP of that summer league? Josh Selby. <laughs> Talk about a tale of two careers. Wow, dude. That is a... Well, I'm... Uh, you know what? I was in the shower the other day, and I was thinking about free agency. Were you remembering th- some guys? Doing I was some guys re- remembering? I, I was doing some guys remembering, and I was, like, remembering the time that the Blazers almost signed Hito Turtle. What about Dave, the year, the summer they drafted Dave? Yeah, the Hito one was great. That was, that was like, iconic. And I think that was the same summer that they made a big offer sheet to Paul Millsap that Utah matched. And then yes. Andre Miller was, like, the fallback of the fallback. But the one that I remember was uh, – the first off season, they, they, the summer that they drafted Dame, they threw a huge offer sheet at Roy Hibbert that Indy matched. Mm-hmm. And then I think, did they actually sign an offer sheet for Omer Ashik, or was it just that like talk that they were going to and then they didn't? Yeah, I don't think they ever did sign an Ashik because that was the same summer that Houston signed that offer sheet for Ashik to take him off of the Bulls with that weird, because that was the same summer they did like the same weird offer sheet for Jeremy Lin where there was like that crazy poison pill thing after, and like that's why the Knicks. And then they traded for Harden later that Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I just want, I don't, I don't really care where Kevin Durant ends up. I just wanted today's July first, which this pod's probably gonna go out on July second. Like by the time you hear this, he might get traded somewhere. I just want it done by July sixth, which is the day that all of the other moves around the league are gonna become official, and then uh, summer league starts on July seventh. I don't want a situation like twenty fourteen where <laughs> where LeBron is going back to Cleveland. <laughs> everybody is just waiting like the entire league just is not making any deals or doing anything or everything is being held up because everybody is just waiting to see whether LeBron is going to stay in Miami or go back to Cleveland and the whole league is basically being held hostage or you know to a lesser extent that happened in 2019 when everybody was waiting on Kawhi Leonard and then after he decided to go to the Clippers then all the other deals kind of started happening I want everything big to be done by July 6th so that I can just focus on being at Summer League and watching stuff and talking to people at Summer League and not having to just be on pins and needles and just like on edge the whole time waiting to see what happens with the Durant situation. That's a totally selfish media thing for me, but like that's what I want. But also like, I mean, I'm just going to be like an empathizer for you. Like you can also just be present and talk about other shit. Like you don't have to be on, you don't have to be like looking at your watch or your phone to like figure out what the fuck is going on. Like you can already know where all the pieces sit and then you can just talk to people about what's going on or whatever is, whatever's happening. Like, like as a reporter, I empathize with you. Like, yes, Definitely get this shit done uh, ASAP. And on that note, I have other stuff. I have, you know, I'm going to write something tonight from the, uh, you know, just kind of going back over, you know, everything that happened today in free agency on rosegardenreport.beehive.com, which again, if you're a subscriber to this podcast, uh, I think you will enjoy what I'm doing over there, I if you're a free subscriber, I would encourage you to become a paid subscriber because I think I've been pumping out some pretty cool stuff over the last 10 days that I've been 
launching this thing. The response has been great. The feedback has been great. The podcast I want to help grow also. So, you know, get that on every usual platform, Apple, Spotify, Google. Do all the stuff you're usually supposed to do with podcasts. Subscribe. Give it a five-star review on iTunes or wherever. Or only, just do five, all the pod- only five stars. Only five stars. No four-star reviews or anything like that. But uh, we will be back with you. Like I said, I would like to do another one before I leave for Vegas. But that's all kind of up in the air. But until then, thanks for listening.